it's time to pray. Romans 8.26. Romans 8.26. It says this, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. It's prayer time. It's prayer time. A lifeline lesson 148 on January 4th. It was during the first quarter of Monday night NFL football game between Cincinnati and uh, Buffalo Bills that the whole field, the whole stadium, the whole viewing audience, the whole nation, the whole international media network and local stations came to a screeching halt because of an injury on the playing field. Uh, DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills uh, fell to the turf and immediately everybody knew something wasn't right. As it turned out, he had went into cardiac arrest as a result of a tackle. He laid lifeless on the field. First responders arrived, paramedics began to work on him, and his whole team and bitch rushed onto the field and did something we've never seen on NFL football. Televised worldwide, they all went into prayer. At least they all took a knee and assume the posture of prayer. Isn't that something? No vote was taken, no call or signal from the sideline. Almost unanimously, in some spots, with a domino effect, the Mars comrades found themselves uh, helpless in this ordeal, so they did what they saw their other teammates doing. They prayed. I did not see who started the the prayer. I know among those players and personnel, someone had grown up in a home with a praying father and a praying mother. Praying is almost a universal response, reaction to despair, panic, and helplessness. Prayer is what you do when you don't know what else to do. You might have said that their childhood rearing kicked in, and that childhood rearing was you pray in a tough situation. This was a tough situation. Uh, when the unexpected pops up, what do you do? You pray. When you're frightened as to what might be happening, you pray. When you are weak and helpless and no one to lean on, you pray. 
when you are in pain or you see someone in pain, you pray. Who saw it on Monday night or in the clips since then? One mass circle of grown men in tough gear, all in a praying posture. But isn't that something? With all of that protective gear, it's still not enough to keep the, let me use a big word, the vicissitudes, the variables in life from happening that put us in a condition to have to pray for oneself or for someone else? Uh, who's on the line tonight that you, you've prayed without thinking, without being told? You just automatically began to utter a desire to call out a a request before your God. I'm pleased to announce that the young man is yet in critical condition. He's on the ventilator. It's not at 100%, uh, but it's 50%, and he's showing signs of, of gradual recovery. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. And thank you, God, for taking someone else's ordeal as we start 2023 on the playing field of life early in the first quarter, real early. Thank you, God, for taking a situation that happened to someone else and using it to reevaluate our prayer life so we could have a reason to reevaluate our prayer life. That's what I took away from the scene on the on the football field in the Bengals Stadium. Without knowing the religion, the faith persuasion, the spiritual rudiments of any of those players, I took this from that field. If they could rapidly go into prayer mode, and again, I know a few of them didn't know what to do, so they looked around, saw the others bowing, they closed their eyes, and they they joined in the the prayer huddle. But if football players knew it was prayer time, how much more so should we as believers know that one starts the game of 2023 off in prayer? Those players bowed uh, because I believe the Lord in creation, the Lord of creation, the Lord creator deposited into humankind a need, a trigger to connect to their 
maker. Praise is one trigger, one way we connect to our maker. I believe we're all wired to praise him. But not just prayer. Praise. Prayer is a trigger, is a connector. And I know you know it by now. Folk who are not even saved will ask you to pray for them. Or folk who don't know Jesus will bow their heads at dinner time. Because praying is an inherent part of our makeup. It's something within us, something that's pushing us and pulling us to a higher power. And that power is almighty God. So as you start 2023, how's your prayer life? Here we are just less than 19 hours, excuse me, 96 hours since the clock struck 12 a.m. on Saturday night, Sunday morning. Have you made any uh, commitments, improvements, any evaluations of your prayer life? Are you doing anything differently? Are you being more intentional in prayer? I want to offer a few pointers. Number one, let's pray faithfully. Pray faithfully. You do know that the word faithful means full of faith. Believe that whatever your form, your format, your fellowship circle is, believe that you're praying because you are persuaded prayer works. You're praying because it is commanded. You're praying because you are following the models, the models of the prophets, the patriarchs, our faith heroes, the model of Jesus, the model of, of our home upbringing, the model of our church training, and the model of our own personal conviction. So this year we'll pray faithfully. Pray faithfully. I'm doing this because I believe in this. Pray faithfully. Uh, it wasn't the time to take a survey on the middle of that football field to see who was Baptist, who was Catholic, who was Presbyterian, or even atheist. Hallelujah. There was that pool of the Holy Ghost in the time of trouble. It's prayer time. That's why I read that Romans 8 scripture. Romans says we don't know what to pray for at all times, but the Spirit steps in and God has us covered. Hallelujah. So we pray faithfully. Be faithful this year. Secondly, uh, we pray frequently. We pray Frequently. Now, there's enough patterns and examples in Scripture. Daniel prayed three times a day. Jesus rose early in the morning. David prayed at twilight. In our upbringing, we prayed at mealtime. Of course, 
back in the days we ate together. We didn't have meal options and drive throughs We prayed at bedtime. And check this out. How many of you remember we prayed in the school, in the classroom, at the beginning of the day? Hmm. Pray frequently. Frequent prayer is our nature. The more we pray, the more we find matters to pray about. Frequent prayer cultivates our our second nature of being. Uh, Donald Lawrence uh, strikes up on a, a theological truth when he says we, we're spiritual in a human body, but there's a part of our nature uh, that thrives on prayer. I mean, you can you can be sitting, riding, way, walking, uh, waiting, and and you just go into a prayer mode. The joy of frequent prayer is this: it can be done without anyone else's permission. Of course, you know, some folk need a platform. They're like the Pharisees. You know, they pray to be heard. They pray to be seen. Uh, but uh, this year, uh, let, let it be said of you that I pray frequently. One writer has said prayer is to the inner being what breathing air is to the natural being. How long can you go without breathing. I watch a lot of TV medical episodes, and you name it, I watch it. I have finished my pre-med, my internship, and my residency, and now I have attending status on Gray's Anatomy. I work in the ER on Chicago Med, and I am an attending surgeon on the resident. That's just how much I watch uh, TV medical episodes. And I've watched them close enough to know that whenever there is a trauma or an ER situation, guess what they check for first? They check to see if the airway is clear. Frequent prayer is your spiritual airway. So let's pray frequently. Then finally, this year, let's pray fervently. Let's pray fervently. We're told in James 5, 16, that the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous person availeth much. Uh, fervent uh, is translated hot, glowing, warm, with feeling, zeal, boiling. Isn't that something? The scripture orders that uh, our prayers are hot and glowing and warm and they got feeling and they that got energy and that they reach a boiling point. Anything other than dull, dry, cold, and frozen. Hallelujah. Don't pray for someone uh, 
if it's a burden, a task, or you're doing it in protest or you're angry. But pray fervently if you want to get into the throne room and let God know, Lord, it's your child, and I'm coming boldly. Matter of fact, cold prayer is an anathema. It's a, it's a, it's an insult. It's a disgrace. Cold prayer. It's worse than being in the Arctic snow outside freezing and someone comes along and pours cold water on your face. You don't need that in that situation. You need fervent prayer in tough situations. Fervent because it's frequent. Fervent because it is faithful and it cuts through the the chase, the accolades, and goes straight into the throne room for grace and mercy. Isn't that something? Grown men. Multi-million dollar contracts, a multi-billion dollar industry, but one of their own is hanging between life and death, closer to death than life. And what do they do? They pray. In closing, can I tell you, it's time for fervent prayer. Keep that cute little prayer to yourself. Uh, you, you, you don't want us to hear you hurt. We don't, you don't want us to hear your, you don't want us to hear your hurt in your voice, feel your pain, know that you're struggling. Well, you cannot be fervent trying to be covert. So cry in your prayer. Holler in your prayer. Scream if you have to in your prayer. Stretch out in your prayer. That's why the most of your prayer ought to be in your secret closet where you can throw back your head and raise your voice and just do like I'm getting ready to do in 4541. Holler. Oh, God. Pray faithfully. Believe God. Pray frequently. Do it all the time. And then pray fervently. Stop trying to be cute and secret and be bold. Hallelujah. Here at Freedom Deacons, pray every first Friday for one hour to cover this church and this pastor and the needs and the vision of this house. The women of purpose pray every Thursday to cover their lives, their dramas, their traumas, their trials, their their triumphs in living as saved women, wives, girlfriends. Hallelujah. And next month, we begin our 40 days of prayer at 6 a.m. for Lent. So get in where you fit in. If, if you can't get here on Friday with the deacons or Thursday with the women. Oh, get in where you fit in. Hallelujah. The whole Buffalo Bills team.
and game staff bowed and prayed. Can I get my team players to do the same this year? Will you let me know that I can rely on you to be a part of my prayer team at any time, any place, and anywhere? Uh, get your prayer team. Invite someone to be a part of your prayer team because we don't know who's going to be next and need us on the playing field in 2023. Hallelujah. So I'm building my prayer team. Um, build your own. I'm building mine. Uh, you want to be a part of my prayer team? Um, you know, just, um, just, just say right now, uh, Pastor, I'm on your prayer team. Text me and let me know. And build, build your own team. And that way, everybody will be covered. Hallelujah. Might have been a long lesson, but I hope it was a strong one. Because it's prayer time. It's prayer time. And that is the word of faith that I teach tonight. Amen.